Mindfulness Mode 304. When you connect with spirit in a greater way, there's joy that comes in every day. You're listening to Mindfulness Mode, and I'm your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Langford. Thanks for joining us today, everybody. If you are one of the winners of the Mindfulness Mode mugs, which we gave out to celebrate our 300th show, you'll be receiving it soon, as soon as I can possibly get that out to you. I always love hearing from you, and it's been great hearing congratulatory messages for the 300th show. Send me a message now if you want to, telling me a bit about yourself and what you like about the show. I always like I said, always enjoy hearing from listeners. Email me at bruce at mindfulnessmode.com. Here's feedback I received from Heidi from Iowa just a few days ago. Heidi said, I stumbled on this podcast when I did a search on mindfulness and there you were. I listened to my first episode because I was undergoing some workplace bullying and I needed some guidance on how to get focused on what I needed to be focused on, which was my work. This podcast has since become a staple in my everyday maintenance, listening to a multitude of authors, providing apps, and all types of resources have made a world of difference in how I react to workplace politics and situations going on in my everyday life. I've also shared your podcast with many of my family and friends to hopefully provide them with the wonderful tools I've acquired listening to your many guests. Thank you for doing this podcast. It's exactly what is needed in our society. Well, speaking of what's needed in our society, I believe the more positive, upbeat, generous, kind people there are, the better better off we are in our society. And so my guest today fits that description perfectly. She ignites people's inner fire. And you'll hear her say that on the show today. She has a vibrancy. You'll pick up on it right away. I first met Lisa when I was speaking in San Diego at the New Media Summit last year. Wow, she's definitely a powerhouse woman. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview with my cherished friend, Lisa. Hey, Mindful Tribe, this is going to be a lot of fun. I've got a great friend here today. It's Lisa Winston. Hey, Lisa, are you in mindfulness mode? Can you tell? Yes, I'm totally mindful. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I mean, this has been a long time coming. I'm so glad to finally have you on with me so we can just Mm. sit back and have a relaxing chat about mindfulness (sighs) and and Mindful Tribe for you. Mm. I want to share right away a little bit about Lisa, and this is what I've got. Lisa Winston's (laughs) love of singing led her to a professional music career that, she, that has spanned for 40 years, which is hard to believe. <laughs> she's also a speaker, a teacher. She's a best-selling author. She's an artist. She's an authenticity coach. And she's a mom. Now, five years after a breast cancer diagnosis and losing her home to wildfire, Lisa changed the course of her life to pursue her soul path. Today, she teaches people how to show up with their own true, authentic style, leading her clients to stand in the magic of their unique, brilliant selves and simply say yes to life. And that's what it's all about, saying yes, yes. to life, isn't it, Lisa? Rock on it. <laughs> so let's say yes to mindfulness. What is mindfulness for you, Lisa, in your life? Oh, 
I'll tell you what, well, considering the fact that I was not mindful for 53 years of my 50, almost 59, um, that's really easy. That's a great question because, um, you know, we could go a lot of places. For me, it's really awareness, you know, how I'm acting, how I'm reacting, what it is that I value and how I show up. And also it's about that piece of, um, you know, medita- I'm really being led back to meditation again. I got away from it for a while and I really feel like, you know, the answers are within. So if we're not mindful in all areas of our lives and aligned and, and listening to that, that voice, um, boy, we're spinning and grabbing at other people and trying to get answers outside of ourselves. So I think it's a little bit of all of that. Well, you've had a lot of challenges. You've had a lot of successes. I know that. <laughs> you got into yeah. a, a singing career. How, when did that happen? When did you know that singing was what you wanted to do in your life? Well, my mom was a singer and a model who gave it all up to get married to my dad when she was like 20. And so I grew up with a lot of music in the house, but I think I started singing early on. I was in choir mm-hmm. and I played instruments and I think yeah. I was in musicals, you know, and then when I was 18, I started working in big bands and a country band. I just started that whole process, went to college, right? For five years to be an elementary teacher and then ended up going on the road with a spiral staircase. And that, that was just like, that propelled me into the next, you know, 40 years of my journey. So, so you sang with a spiral staircase. That's exciting. I did. I love you more today oh, than yesterday. It was a show song. band. Three girlfriend. I yeah, know it was a great it sure song. Yeah, it is a great song. <laughs> and that's you. <laughs> that is me. Wow. I know, right? Yeah. So, um, gosh, it was, I don't know. Uh, it's mm-hmm. in my DNA. And that's why I was just talking to you. There are a lot of things I'm bringing back uh, because of my awareness and my mindfulness um, that have been pieces of myself that I've been putting to the side to fit into this industry, this coaching industry. And you get to be all of you authentically because it doesn't work any other way. So I know one of the parts of your story is that you lost (laughs) your home to wildfire. And this just sounds like such a tragic thing to have happened, but you got through it. What was that like? How did that impact your life when that event happened? Wow, I love that question because I pushed that away for a lot of years thinking, you know, I don't want to be a victim. I don't want to have a victim story, but there's so many people that are stuck in their, their stories. You know, everybody has right drama, trauma, tragedy. Some people have things worse than I had. And, um, I had a lot of trauma drama in my life and the wildfire and the breast cancer really came at the same time. And it was kind of that universal two by four, right? I had been suffering and wanting to, you know, find a way out. And I had started reading Eckhart Tolle before the fire. Get this, Bruce, you're going to love this. I literally remember seeing in the power of now, um, where it said, learn to die to self before you die, you know, Mm -hmm. lose your attachments, lose, you know, to people and things. And so of course i started praying okay, help me to die to self. And then I lost my house and I lost everything and I lost my identity basically, you know, or what we, we don't really think of it as that, but when you lose all your stuff, it's kind of like, who am I now? You know? Um, So it really was an answer to prayer. It was very difficult. And at the same time, it was amazing because when you're rebuilding and you're going through cancer and like I, you know, you don't have anything and you, you just live literally are living day to day just doing whatever it takes day to day to get through each day and, and move forward and rebuild. There's this present moment awareness that comes in and that's your real practice, right? When you're thrown into a situation like that, you can either be not present or you can be, and there's so much joy there. So I actually had a really amazing year rebuilding and going through the cancer and all that. And I actually was one, probably one of the best years I've ever had in my whole life. 
Incredible. So when you first were diagnosed with cancer, was that before you lost your home or after? Two months after. Two months after you lost your home, diagnosed with cancer. Tell me about that day. (laughs) That was a... That was a strange day. <laughs> you know, I I think I knew we had moved like five times to try to get my daughter back into her school district and into a rental. And and I had noticed uh, like a puckering in my breast that just appeared. Now the doctors will say that there's no way that trauma can create that. But I had had a mammogram the year before and not, no, no signs of cancer. It's not in my family, right? I have this, this trauma, this incredible, like 10 minutes to get out, 100 foot wall of flame and 100 mile an hour winds and embers burning us. My daughter had lost her house in the Cedar Fires previous four years with her dad uh, before that. So we had a lot of, it was a huge shock. And then I developed breast cancer. And um, it was weird because I, I had a weird feeling I knew that I had it you know, and it was a fear. But when it was actually diagnosed, um, I really went to a dark space. I was terrified because at that point, when you go in, you know, the medical people, they don't have a lot of like humor about it. It's kind of like, well, we're gonna have to take everything off. And you know, because you're gonna die, you have a rare form if you don't do it. And we don't know when you're going in for surgery, if you're gonna die. So you're just like, what? Like what? So it was, um, I think probably that was my biggest challenge. That was harder than the fire, you know, wondering whether I was going to lose my life or not. And then once I found out that I was fine and I had the surgery and all that, then it was easier to move forward. But that's a scary, that's a scary time. And in the medical profession, there's nobody to hold your hand. There's really, there's not a lot of bedside manner, let's say. So yeah, it was difficult. And did you have support? Did you have a partner supporting you or, or someone in your life supporting you? Yeah, I was in a 15-year relationship. Um, I had my daughter. My sister flew out. My sister had had two strokes right around the same time that I had. The, I was diagnosed with the cancer. Wow. And she flew from Pennsylvania to be with me and you know help, help make me food and shower me with a big plastic garbage bag over me every day and all that kind of stuff. So I did. A lot of my friends went away, though. It was really interesting. I had oh. one lady come over. And she made me dinner every day. But most of my friends, I think people don't know what to say when you go through that. And they kind right. of disappear. So they feel <laughs> so, awkward. Yeah, it's very awkward. And probably fear. Yeah. Yeah, I think you so, know, too. Maybe yeah. they awkward about what to say. And then there's right. always that fear like, oh, my God, I don't <laughs> want this to happen to me. Right. And, you know, who knows what's going through everybody's mind. But I'm sure a lot of it hinges on fear. I think so, too. You know, and it is scary. Um, I, I since then have changed my thoughts about all of it, but it all kind of hit me so quickly. I mean, I'm more into holistic and, you know, naturopathic means, but I, I was in the middle of rebuilding, you know, <laughs> trying to rebuild a house and a life and all yeah. that. And I was like, oh, s- screw it. You know, just do what you got to do and let's get it, let's get on with it. So that's actually where I was at that moment. So, so did good. you rebuild or what did you do yeah. as far as your home is concerned? We did. We rebuilt and we spent a lot of time on the news. You know, they, they loved us. Triple uh, A, we were the triple A babies. They shot a commercial with us. We were on all the triple A things for, you know, a couple of years and in the commercials. And then, you know, the newscasters loved us. So they, and we're like, what the heck? We got nothing. I met President Bush and Arnold Schwarzenegger. I was on the API. You know, it was just like, well, this is kind of a crappy time. So let's just have fun, you know, with whatever's coming forward. <laughs> Well, I love your laugh because, you know, I think the way you laugh, Lisa, and you're smiling and laughing, you know, that's the way you are. You're so vibrant and energetic. And no matter what we're talking about, you see, you see a fun side of it, or you see, you know, why not laugh, right? Isn't that true? Well, I mean, I spent most of my life depressed, right? So Mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, when you see the gifts and things, this is the thing that I really, the message I love to get to people. It's like, you can either let your life circumstances define you 
or you can allow them to refine you. Remember, diamonds are made under pressure. And I believe we're all diamonds in the rough. I really do. And that's not some BS. I've been through it. I mean, it doesn't mean that there weren't things that I had to get through. Um, it didn't mean it was, wasn't hard sometimes. You know, like um, I told a story to someone else where I got back in the house a year later, right? And I'm standing there and I have this beautiful custom home redone with all like $80,000 worth of, you know, hardscape and a waterfall. And I'm going, oh my God, I always wanted a house like this. And I'm standing there and I just felt so lost. I was like, I don't know this place. This isn't my place. I don't feel at home here. And that's when everything started to really unravel, you know? Um, so, you know, um, I, I think I've just grown so much since then. I just committed to my personal growth and to finding my path and to, seeing things from a different perspective because I knew here, I knew it was here for a greater purpose. You know, it, I've always had that within me. I'm sure you felt that too. It's like, you yes. know, from a young age, you know, there's some fire in there. There's something in there. Right. You don't know what it is, but it's like, I'm not going to let this thing take me out because I'm here to help people in some capacity and I'm going to find my way to it. <clears throat> and this was the way to it. That was, this was the gift. So. And as, yeah. as, if, as you've uh, journeyed on this mindfulness mm -hmm. path, what is the most, um, interesting, maybe life-changing thing that jumps out at you that you've done? Mm. Well, I've just become so much more of, of who I'm here to be. I mean, I have to tell you the authenticity pieces because I never was comfortable with myself or comfortable with people. I was an introvert. I, I was, even though I had a band for four, you know, 20 years in San Diego and I was on the road and I did things, you know, I still, I was hiding and I didn't like being around people. They kind of sucked the energy out of me, but it was because I didn't like me. I didn't know who I was. So literally in the, in the, you know, it's been 10 years since the fires and the cancer, but even like in the last six years, maybe I've done such incredible work, leadership work. And, you know, you know, we're, we're students of life for life. I mean, we never stop growing until the day right. we're dead. But, um, I just really stepped in and was committed to getting rid of all this, these layers of junk that have been holding me back. Cause it's all just stuff that we got, you know, accumulated from the time we were kids we're wounded. I mean, we're all, we all have that. Right. Yeah. And I just decided, you know what, I'm going to make the best of every day I have. Cause life is short. I don't know. Like, you know, I always say to people when I'm on Facebook live, it's like, I could drop dead like in 30 seconds. Right. Like I don't, there are no guarantees. No. So I think the biggest piece really is if you can take these things that happen to you and, and say, you know what, this is here to make me stronger. There's a treasure chest here. There's gold that lies on the other side of it. And I get to get to that. Then you start finding joy. You start finding out who you are. You start standing strong in who you are. I've shifted my ways of being my, my whole life. I've gotten rid of drama and people who were drama and, you know, people pleasing, kick that to the curb. And it's been a journey, but it's, it's so powerful when you know who you are. And there's so much joy there. And when you connect with spirit in a greater way, there's joy that comes in every day. You just see the blessings in everything. Yeah, it's you incredible. truly do. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I want to talk with you about meditation. What does meditation, what does it look like in your life, Lisa? That's a great question. I bet you ask a lot of people and they get, eh. <laughs> meditation, <laughs> eh. You know, I think I've done everything from, you remember um, Holosync, Bill Harris? Yes. And, and you know, TM, like I've done everything. Right. And I used to hate meditation because like I have a very busy mind. Um, but what meditation means to me now is, and I teach my clients this is it doesn't have to be long and involved. It doesn't have to be three hours of oming, you know, mm -hmm. um, as a matter of fact, right now, what I wanted to share with you is I've been doing the Oprah and Deepak, you know, yep. 21 day, which is great. It's like 10 minutes. Yes. 
And I teach present moment awareness practices where you just sit and you feel into what's happening in your environment because just to, you know, focus the mind in. And also I do a lot of work where people focus on their bodies. You know, what, what are they feeling when you have a, um, when you have a, an uncomfortable feeling in your body, anxiety or whatever it is, a lot of times we resist it, you know, but if yeah. we just can get comfortable with it being there and then follow it, a lot of times it's just energy that wants to move through us. Right. And if yeah. we're resisting it, it's going to stay where it is and that creates disease and everything else. So for me, it's these, um, these little tools that I use throughout the day. Cause I mean, we really do need to master life by using tools every day because stuff comes up, as you know. Yes. You know, so for me, it's meditation. I mean, I can go outside and sit and look at the sunset for 10 minutes or I can close my eyes and breathe. I mean, it doesn't have to be any big deal. Right. But it's it, powerful. It is powerful. Yeah. Lisa, if I looked out your window right now, what would I see? Trees. You're, trees all, you're surrounded by trees and yeah, birds. Nature. That sounds beautiful. Yeah, yeah it is. And from the, and the other side, we have a sunset to the West every night. That's spectacular. And I take pictures of it because it's like a masterpiece every night. Beautiful. Yeah. I'm blessed. <laughs> have you always known that nature provides that for you? Yeah. Well, I'm a Pisces, right? So I'm an ocean, you know, it's like when I lived in Malibu for a year, I went walking on Zuma beach every morning, just me and the sea lions and the porpoises. It's like, that's where I find my peace, but you have to find your peace through the busyness too of the day. And you don't always have a beach at your disposal. And um, you can, anybody can take a walk outside or go hug a tree. I'm a tree hugger. <laughs> yeah, we all can take walks. <laughs> you like walks. to do that? <laughs> I do. I like to get out. I love trees. I love to be surrounded by trees. And right here by my studio, there's a trail, there's a, a river down at the bottom of the ravine. And nice. I go down there and I just like the trees, they just have <laughs> such power and energy. And I feel like, I don't know, yeah. I just feel it's so unbelievable what, energy comes from trees. I know it's true. Some people don't get that, but you get to tune into it. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird when I was reading power of now, I remember the first time I read that and I was really just getting into this whole practice. Yes. It sounds goofy, but when you're, when you go from like really heavy 3d to getting into more of the, you know, spiritual realm. Yeah. I can't remember what it was, but he talked about looking at the trees and like feeling into the trees and seeing them and watching them move in, in the wind and all that. And I literally, would have these bizarre moments. I'm like, am I on drugs or what? Like I could literally feel the trees and see them and I'd literally transport to some place. So yeah, it, it's just really taking the time. I remember back when I was, uh, when I was separated from my, my wife and uh, we ultimately got a divorce, but I felt so incredibly broken and hurt and you know this amazing incredible feeling of loss and I just thought I've got to get myself to like nature trees and it was funny because I hadn't read a lot of things about mindfulness or anything like that at all I just knew it had to happen and I and I got a pair of rollerblades. They were big at the time, you know, and I got rollerblades. And every day I would go out there in this park where there were these huge trees and I would just rollerblade. And I, like, that was my meditation. I love that. And yeah, but you were, you going with your intuitive hit, you know? I, I was. I don't do that either. <laughs> 
So. And don't think I wasn't scared because I'm not an athlete. And you know, <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, a hill. And I, I can do this. I can do this. Me neither. It, you know, and it was the same thing with skiing. I, I thought yeah. I've got to, I've got to ski. I know I, I got to get into downhill skiing and I'd never done it. And I, I just went to these places. I went to these mountains and I like looked down and I thought, no, you're kidding me. I'm going to go down there. And I did. I just did it anyway. And it was the most exhilarating, incredible feeling of being in another place. Yeah. Really. Freedom. Yeah. I love yeah. that. I haven't done that yet. You're braver than I am. I, okay. I thought I was, I thought I was pretty badass because i ate fire remember <laughs> you're pretty <laughs> badass you ate fire yeah <laughs> I you did, ate fire. I how did you yet. feel okay so to tell mindful tribe what happened we were at <laughs> steve olsher's event in san diego new media summit and so marshall silver was on the stage yes he was he's a magician and he is a mentalist and he's incredible and he said well he started by showing what you know the fire thing right he right. had this thing he and ate, he, fire, he ate yeah. fire yeah. and then i just knew he was going to get somebody from right. the audience. <laughs> didn't you <laughs> yeah and, and i raised my hand you know and just you raised your yes hand and in no time yeah. you were up on the stage and i'm like that lady's going to be eating fire in about two minutes and that happened and you had never done anything like that before right lisa i didn't think he was going to make me do it we well, didn't make you do it. Well, he you... did make me do it. He hypnotized me. Okay, just saying. No, but I mean, it's funny because that, remember, remember the whole weekend was so aligned. This was yes. part of my, my journey of yeah. um, when things get hard, just following the trail of spirit yeah. and, and, lead, and, you know, cause that whole weekend, I think I won a thousand dollars. You know, I got on stage with like this whole, this, this whole alignment piece. If you walk where spirit tells you to walk. And the funny thing is, is that my whole thing right before Marshall, I literally had changed my tag. I can't remember. It was like fuel the fire within. That was like the tag that I had put on my website. It's since then changed. It's really okay. saying yes to everything. But uh, but I do ignite people's fire within. But it was really interesting. It was just this alignment, you know. I mean, I have 153 people. How in the world did I get picked to eat fire, right? I know. So, and it was just like, it was so weird because I didn't feel like I was hypnotized. But I guess when he looked at me once or twice, it was very focused and then I looked at the pictures that they had taken of me and I was kind of like, you know, so I'm assuming I was hypnotized. <laughs> well, it was amazing yes. to watch. It was amazing yeah. to watch because at first you were kind of like, I, I don't nervous. think so. Yeah, you look kind of nervous and you were kind of like, oh, I don't know. And he just kept kind of just very calmly going over the steps of what you would do if you did put that flaming baton in your mouth wasn't it basically Dang. like a flaming baton are you kidding yeah and it was weird because i was so relaxed i looked at the pictures and my arms were down at my side like i wasn't there was yeah. no resistance in my and body you just at all. did it. i'm like oh my oh yeah. she is just doing this i probably wouldn't do it again i mean it was really cool to be able to do it but you know i'm feeling the fire burning like searing my throat and then of course you taste like the lighter fluid or whatever i think i had a sore throat for about two weeks and as a singer that's probably not a great thing to do uh, but it proved a point i lived it was cool i did it like that and, and the you're photographer still didn't even get any pictures of me with fire in my mouth i'm like what <laughs> <laughs> I think I have some pictures of you. I think he was afraid. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was, yeah. it was a yeah. tremendous moment. It really was an amazing but that's, moment. You know, but that's saying yes. I mean, how many opportunities do you get to, you know, rise above your fear, you know, really true. Um, well, we actually probably get more opportunities than we know, but I, you know, say yes to what's hard because you know, what's the worst that's going to happen? Yeah. Really? You're not going to die probably. 
Well, we eventually are, but uh, yeah, right. <laughs> we yeah, just don't yeah. know when. Right, that's so the thing. Jump but, all in, uh, ski down yeah. those slopes, you know. Yeah, just do it. I'm working well, on that. I'll thank you. Know, next. You know, you uh, you love speaking. I know that. What's yeah. the most exciting speaking event you ever spoke at? Well, I think I've done a lot of small events, and I'm moving into larger events, and I'm okay. actually collaborating with some people to do some bigger events now. So I'm really excited about that yeah. because, oh, you know. I love coaching, but again, being out in, you know, with people, groups of people, the energy that you yes. get and that, that transformation is, is yeah. profound. But I've done, I actually have to tell you, I did this one event that was uh, where women were doing uh, book writing. It was a, a workshop. Right. And, and when I knew I was called, cause I'm, you know, whenever you're scared, you're afraid to do something. I mean, yeah. I've been saying for 40 years, I'm still afraid to get on stage. Right. Oh really? But um, yeah, it's weird. But I said yes to this event and I had it all planned out what I was going to do and what I was going to talk about because I do energy healing and I do energy work and intuitive work and stuff too, which I'm just bringing back as well. And I was telling about my co-authored book and I did some exercises Qigong with these women and all of a sudden it was weird. Like just like stuff just started coming out of my mouth, like channeling to these women about their brilliance and how powerful they were. And like by the end of this whole thing, I'm, you know, like this. You know, like it's spouting out of me. I'm like, where, where am I? Who am What's happening? These women are crying. There's heat in the room. There's like this whole thing happened and it had nothing to do with me. I was just there and I was just the channel for it. And I was like, holy crap. There's like power when you get up and you're called to do something and you just trust and you do it there and you just surrender to it. There's such power. So I'm looking forward to doing, um, some of these juicy events that are coming up in 2018 where I really get to make a difference and a bigger impact. Oh, yeah, that's that's impressive. awesome. Yeah. And and I wanted to ask you about your coaching. <laughs> Can you tell me someone you've coached that yeah. it was just so memorable what happened? You you helped them move from one place to a completely different place, a new place using mindfulness. Yeah, I love that. Well, I've done a lot. I mean, like I had one woman who had no communication with her daughter for years. And after six months of working with me, her daughter actually showed up at her house on Christmas. And so that was a healing. And then I had another woman who was also a singer. So I, I attract all these beautiful people to me that are very similar to me, right? That's what we yeah. do. Yeah. But she had always dreamed of having um, a music career and singing in New Orleans. Okay. And yet she was in this, you know, this town, this place, this job. And and through working with me, um, sure enough, guess where she is right now? She's in New Orleans and she's been singing with bands there. That just that just touches my heart when I'm able to support somebody in taking a big leap like that because that's their lifelong dream. That's Great. pretty cool stuff. <laughs> that truly is cool, Lisa. Isn't that that cool? is really cool. Yeah. Lisa, I want to ask you a question about bullying because I've worked in that field for over 12 years. And I want to ask you, you know, were you ever bullied or do you have a bullying story where mindfulness would have or did make a difference. God, Bruce, you know, that, by the way, thank you for what you do, because that is such a worthwhile cause and it's such a problem and it really gets to be addressed. Um, lots of things that happened. I was bullied by a teacher in sixth grade who threw me up against the lockers, you know, and I think my sister came and supported, but there was no, you know, back then in the 60s or 70s, whatever it was, right? Yeah. I don't remember. I'm old. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, but there was no, um, I mean, he never got reprimanded. Nothing ever happened. You know, he just didn't like girls. And, and so, and I was very, I don't know, I was playful and I ticked a lot of people off because I like to play games. But also my daughter, I remember in middle school, she had so many girls. Um, I can't remember the name of the book. It was about a girl, but I think there's another one, Odd Girls or Out or something like that. But the, the girls are so mean. Yeah. I mean, boys, at least a lot of times, boys just punch each other out when they get yeah. ticked off, right? But girls just like, 
torture you emotionally. Insidious stuff, yes. Yeah, and so, you know, I wasn't in a space, I was in uh, an abusive relationship at that point myself, so I was not in any kind of conscious space to really help my daughter, so I was just angry and reading books and, Mm -hmm. you know, reaching out to the schools, but I didn't see a lot of support at the schools. That was what was crazy about it. My daughter's 23, and um, I don't really know what's being done about the bullying thing. They have campaigns about going to college, but I don't see much in the realm of bullying. What what is I mean what what's happening in the world well, of bullying? Right. Well, it varies from school to school, from district to to district. You know, some districts are very uh, into you know let's do something about this, let's address it all the time on a regular basis. Let's have speakers in, let's make it a theme, and yet other places not so much. So you're right, it's all over the map. But I don't think very many people deal with it consciously. It's scary. It makes people angry. It's, you know, you fear for your kids' lives um, and kids take their lives, you know, because of it sometimes too. More and more. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a real problem. And I would love to see what you do. And I'd love to follow what it is that you're going to do to bring consciousness to that arena, because it's, I feel like it's virtually untapped still. Yeah. Is that true? Well, it's true in some places for sure. Again. Yeah. It is true. Yeah. Yeah. In some places it is, and in other places, thankfully, there's a lot being done, and there's an yeah. awareness that, you know, we can't let kids grow up this way and experience these kinds of things, because it is life-changing in negative ways. It's devastating for a lot of uh, kids, and, and adults as well, of course. Well, that's why I kind of feel like, you know, like I do leadership trainings and stuff, and I really feel like if we could bring more leadership trainings to to schools, to the kids about, you know, how, how wonderful they are, you know, and, yeah. and get them to learn to communicate with each other as opposed to, you know, like even now as adults, you're walking down the street and people won't look at you. I look at people directly now because, you know, because of it, because it's like, if you really connect with people, we have a lot of the same things going on. You know, you can really love somebody if you get to know who they are. And even if you don't know them, yeah. so it's a, you know, world that we're afraid of every of each other, but it starts as kids. And then we grow into these wounded adults. So I think we need a lot more, um, leadership programs or training, children's or teens training, whatever. Um, Yeah, I agree, Lisa. I don't know that it's going to go into the schools. The schools have some work to do around just the the school, you know, the school system. But um, yeah, I'd love to see more, uh, more things like that coming forward. Well, yeah, I, I believe it starts with children. It starts yeah. with parents, and of course, yeah. schools too. That's a that's a place where it needs to happen, but not just in schools. It certainly no. needs to happen with with parents and with children, and yeah. and in our societies. But Lisa, as we move forward toward the end of the uh, interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. Oh. And the first one, now, if you can just answer in thirty seconds, that's perfect. Okay, I'll do my best. Okay, the first one is this: Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness practice? Boy, I have to say, um, the first person that's coming to mind has been Wayne, Wayne Dyer. Actually, oh, yeah. um, Eckhart Tolle was really big for me too, but Wayne Dyer, I read a lot of his stuff early on and it really shifted my ways of being because um, I spent a lot of time reading his books. Was that 30 seconds? Yeah, that was 30 <laughs> seconds. How has <laughs> mindfulness affected your emotions, Lisa? Oh, I used to fly by the seat of my pants with my emotions. And it's not that I don't get emotional now, but I'm able to actually really breathe and disconnect and go to a space of alignment so that I'm not out of control. And then you can make a better decision from that space. For sure. Yeah. And you said the word breathing. I was just going to ask you, tell us how <laughs> breathing is a part of your mindfulness practice. Breathing is one of the most important things you can do. If you don't have a mantra or something like that, breathing really gets you out of your head, focused on your heart and centered in the present moment awareness. So it's not only that, it brings life to your body and health to your body. So it's one of the most important things that I do. 
It sure does. If you could recommend a book on mindfulness, what would that be? I got to go back to, I I have a lot of books, but The Power of Now was one of the ones that really started me becoming super aware of um, just being, you know, just being in the present. Eckhart Tolle, such an incredible way of communicating. Incredible. Amazing. Can you share an app which helps you to be more mindful? I don't have a mindful app. The only app I have right now is Oprah and Deepak. And I have Mm -hmm. to say that even those little apps and the 21 day challenges or whatever they are, because I have so many apps on my phone right now, they get lost, right? Yes, sure. I have one that I specifically follow instead of 20 of them that I won't do. Sure. Um, Then I do that, take it off, and then I go to the next one. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of how I use my apps. Sure. Well, it's been really wonderful hanging out, Lisa, talking with you. Is it time already? It's almost time. And I just want to say this, you know, how can Mindful Tribe connect with you? You know, you're such a vibrant, wonderful, energetic woman. I'm sure everybody listening to this is like, how do I connect with this lady? You know, well, tell us. You're amazing. Thank you. Yeah, they can just go to yesequalssuccess.com. Yesequalssuccess.com. That's my website. And of course, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, all those social media places. Um, But I'm pretty easy to find. Just Lisa Winston or Lisa Winston Authenticity Coach. Just reach out. Yeah. Love to get to see you guys. Equalssuccess.com. Does yes equal success? Yes. Oh boy, is it juicy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a yes that. girl, I gotta say it. <laughs> yes equals success. Because of course we hear people say you've got to learn to say no, you've got to learn, you know, and all these things. But to you, yes equals success. That's so positive. Yeah, jumping in, doing what's hard, doing what it takes, you know, just say yes. Going into those opportunities you have no idea how to do and saying yes and figuring it out later. Yes, yes, yes. Just jump in. Yes. 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 There I'm saying it. Yes. I will do that. And I've done that many times. I've jumped sure, in yeah. just like I did when I started the podcast. I thought, geez, yeah. I don't know anything about podcasting, but oh, I can do this thing. And, and look I at you jumped now. In. And you are such a delight. I want to thank you for having me because I just adored you from the minute I met you. And I want to thank you for having me on. What oh, a joy. Lisa, you are such a sweetheart. And I'm thank I'm you. going to I'm going to Google spiral staircase. <laughs> And I'm going to bring up that YouTube song and I'm going to, yes, 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 because that's such a great song. I'll send you some pictures of me when I was doing th- the three girl front, you know, our little tights and our little, yeah, I'll cool. send you some pictures of our so show cool. It's so great to talk with you and uh, so wonderful that you're, what you're doing in the world, helping so many people and making such a wonderful difference. Thanks, Lisa, for being here and can't wait to talk again soon. Thanks, Bruce. Yeah, bye now. Mindful Tribe, I hope you enjoyed today's interview. If you did, please subscribe and leave a comment on the bottom of the episode on my website. That's mindfulnessmode.com. Check out the show notes right there, mindfulnessmode.com. And if you do leave a comment, I'll mention you on an upcoming episode. Remember, subscribing and sharing helps keep mindfulness mode on the air. So till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.